This podcast episode is made possible by wowdigital.com, your trusted partner for nonprofit and charity website and design. If you are working on a shoestring budget, if you have almost no money to put towards your digital growth, you're going to want to tune into this episode. So stay tuned. Sounded good. Welcome to the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. I'm your host, David. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how you can still get amazing awareness and growth for your nonprofit with Samantha Lloyd. Samantha is the co-founder and managing director of Skeleton Crew, acting as marketing director for B2B companies. Samantha is a marketing expert and advisor who supports startups and early stage growth. She's got over a decade of experience building organic growth, brand and digital marketing for startups and technology companies. Welcome, Samantha. Awesome. Thank you so much, David. Thank you for hosting me. So in the past, you mentioned that you volunteered uh, with children who experience disabilities as well as Habitat for Humanity. Do you want to talk about your experience with that? Yeah. So um, I've been fortunate enough to participate with some volunteer organizations just in a small capacity. And I have a lot of respect for people who work in the nonprofit space. Obviously, as we talked about previously, there's a lot of time dedicated from volunteers, not just in making the volunteer organization run, but also having the nonprofit aspect be successful. And that can often include them participating in a lot of things like marketing and sales, which are very time consuming and be budget heavy activities. So a lot of respect for people who work in those spaces because it is hard work. Amazing. So what are some interesting marketing strategies that nonprofits or charities can leverage to maybe save money? Yeah, for sure. So as you know, often marketing tactics are kind of divided between like time investment and financial investment. And then there's some that, of course, take both. <laughs> but what we kind of want to push always when you have a smaller budget is to do the time investment where possible. So one of the like favorite strategies I have when you're starting out, you could be a startup with a smaller budget or you could be a nonprofit with almost no budget to dedicate towards marketing. One of the best ones is content and distribution. So again, this is a lift and a lot of people do feel nervous about writing, but I would say, you know, just get started. Maybe don't be shy to try using like an AI tool to support if you need it. But there's nothing like a person who's really passionate about what they're doing, writing about it, even if you don't think that it's up to the technical chops that your passion comes through. So I would recommend having a blog dedicating your time to post just one blog post a week. If you have multiple team members, maybe you can do more than that. Or maybe you can trade off with your team members on who can do what week. But that would be my minimum recommendation. And then, of course, we all know content without distribution is kind of like having the billboard in your basement. So what you want to do there is try to get your content out. And this could be on social media. So just organic posts. You could do email marketing to your list of prospects or existing donors, um, which, again, can you can use MailChimp or other services that allow you to do that for free up to a certain list amount. And then... From a distribution perspective, we can get into that more, but the kind of solid goal there is just ask. Ask publications to host you. Ask other partners to post content about you. And that's kind of the, the main things that you can do that are free, but definitely a time investment. In terms of the content, I made a little note as you were talking. I've got this like wall on the, if, if you're watching the video of this, um, awesome. You could actually see this. If you're not watching the video, go on our YouTube channel or go to our show notes page. You'll see this. On the wall behind me, I've got this board, and this is our content calendar. We do this with our clients as well. You can create content on a weekly basis. You should create content at minimum on 
once a week. What does that content have to be? 400 words, 500 words. We're not looking for massive like PhD dissertations or anything like that. It doesn't have to be very technical. It doesn't have to be scientific. It just has to talk about, there's a few things here. What are questions that people ask you? What are questions that people ask the staff or volunteers? What are the popular pages on your website? Create content around that. It's super easy to find ideas and to come up with ideas. You could talk about the impact, people that you've helped recently, an event that's coming up. There's all kinds of different ways that you can brainstorm coming up with content. So let your passion come through. I love that you mentioned that, Sam. So be authentic with it. Not everything has to be 100% perfectly written from professional writers all of the time. I know we, in the ideal world, that would be the case, but it's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great advice, David. All right. So there's publishing content. The added benefit of that is search engine optimization. You'll get more visits from search engines and people organically finding you over time, which is awesome. Are there any other low cost efforts that people can do? For sure. So Facebook is a really good channel for nonprofits to pursue in order to increase their donors. So Facebook ads, you can typically run for a fairly low cost. And it is a, an ads platform where you can even experiment for a bit of a lower cost just to see how the audience is receptive, if it did increase your site traffic, if it did increase like your contribution to pipeline. So Facebook is one that I would recommend. You can honestly uh, do an ad to a lookalike audience to your existing one, test it for just $100, just see how it performs. Um, and that's a recommendation that I would give there. Other low-cost ones, again, sit in that content kind of umbrella where you can go to publications and see what their costs are. Some publications, of course, let you host for free. Others are in like the couple hundred dollar range. And then, of course, you have many that sit in the thousands. But there are publications that are inexpensive and you don't have to go for ones where you think I need like traditional media or the newspaper to report on me. You know, you can go for publications that are about nonprofits. You can go for publications that are about like social good. You can try to find really niche publications where maybe the cost is a bit lower to participate, but the audience will be hyper targeted to ones that are the right fit for you. Another kind of easy win, adding a donate button to your Facebook page. Mm hmm. You have, yes. to, you have to be listed with them as a proper nonprofit, but you can actually add a donate button right there. That's awesome. That's a really good one. Anything where you can make it easier, as you know, and just remove steps, it's, it's always going to be a win. If you can produce some kind of video content for your nonprofit, what do you have to say about that? Sure. So for video content, you want to basically create something that can be reusable across many platforms. So you don't want to film something where you're like, you know, this is only suitable for a television ad or this is only suitable if we can use small clips on Instagram. You want something that where those pieces can be reused across all your social channels to get kind of like the most spread from it. When you're doing video content, you can do it for a lower cost. Of course, if you have someone talented that you know <laughs> for filming that would make a big difference the videos that are typically going to cost you a bit more money is where you do maybe those explainer videos that are animated or you need someone with that skill set to kind of build out the entire video if you are filming and you happen to have access to kind of like a high quality camera on your phone maybe you have a high quality microphone because sound quality does have a huge impact on video engagement then those would be channels that you can pursue the best way is write a script in advance Work on that with your team, get your team involved locally and try to film something and yeah, leverage those pieces then across social on your organic channels. I think certainly during COVID, it pivoted video creation and what people come to expect out of the video. And a lot of people are okay with just having somebody film themselves 
uh, like selfie video style with their phone. If you have a little bit of budget, I'm talking like $100 at max, go on to your favorite online shopping site, maybe Amazon, for example. I'll put a link in the show notes and pick up a gimbal for your phone. So what is a gimbal? It controls your phone and prevents it from wiggling as you're as you're talking about it. I've got one. Actually, oh, and this, if you're, all right, again, if you're watching this, you'll see what <laughs> this is, but basically it's a little device that you can hold, you can put your phone in it and it will keep it stable Very as cool. you're using it. You don't have to worry about like shaky hand or anything. This will take care of all of that. There's motors in there that stabilize all of that for you and just makes it really, really easy. Create a video that's maybe just slightly more professional than like shaky hand. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't know about that product. That's a really cool one. Yeah. You can get decent ones for $60, $70. You can pay a little bit more, $120, connect with Bluetooth, all kinds of stuff. But as long as it will hold it and it's motorized, so it needs a power source for it, it'll allow you to control it and, and have it super stable when you're recording. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So video, awesome. I tend to say like video really grabs people's attention. Video is the new photo. If a picture can tell a thousand words, video is like 10,000 words. <laughs> so 10 million words, whatever. It, it's so much more impactful. You can actually give more information, tell more of a story, connect with people. You've probably noticed that as you scroll through your Facebook or your Instagram or whatever it is that you're looking at, if a video pops up, it's going to grab you for a second, right? So that yeah. first bit of the video has to be really impactful and be eye grabbing. Definitely. Yeah. All right. So that's, I guess, a little bit of what I would categorize under content marketing. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other tips around content marketing for nonprofits? Yeah. So, I mean, for content marketing specifically, a good piece of advice is always just if you're going to write content, try to write something that's called evergreen. So that means content that is not necessarily on like the top trend, but is something that anyone can come read at any point in time and it's still relevant. So that's some advice that'll help your content at least like continuously uh, rank in SERPs and be useful to your audience. Always try to provide value in your content. So if you're trying to tell somebody about something, you know, give them the best advice possible. What is the value you would want to get out of this piece of content? So make something that was really supportive of what people are there searching for. The other thing, of course, is Google Keywords is free. So you can go on there, find the keywords, look for the ones that have lower competitions. That means fewer people are bidding on the terms, but have, of course, the highest traffic for that competition level. And then Google Trends is another one. If you are trying to write trendy content, that's another free resource where you can kind of see, you know, okay, what's been trending a lot the last little bit and try to leverage those trends where they make sense for um, your nonprofit. I think it's important for people to understand the importance of having content on your site. Yes. Right? <laughs> we need to be out there. We need to get into publications and get links back to our site. So those are called backlinks. Google looks at those as like really amazing things, depending on the site that they're on. Part of the other algorithm piece that a lot of people don't really think about or talk about is that Google wants to see pages that are updated over time. So if there's an mm -hmm. article that you've published on your site, maybe three, four, five, ten years ago, and you're still getting traffic to it, make some updates to it and put a updated on with the date. And Google's going to pick that up and it'll go, oh, okay, yeah, these people, they, they care about their content, they're updating stuff, and you're going to end up getting more organic traffic. You'll rank higher in search engine result pages, SERPs, 
that's really going to help you out. Exactly. Yeah, that's great advice. Anything that can kind of get your site crawled regularly, um, such as adding content or updating content is very important. And that lesson also applies for local uh, search. So if you're on Google Maps with your nonprofit, continuously making sure that you're getting reviews on there, updating the information, adding new images, that will, again, help with the ranking on local search, just as it would apply to content on your own site. 100%. And get people that work for your organization, volunteers, people that come and use your services or your programs, whatever it is that you're doing, ask what they can go on to Google and give you... A review. It doesn't have to be a five star. It's actually scientifically proven, psychologically proven that if you have a five star rating, people don't see it as authentic as a 4.8. Yeah, there, there's read, a meme about right? that where it's like 80 people rate a five stars suspicious, but like a thousand people rate a 4.5 and you're like, I'm in. <laughs> right, exactly. So let's use that, right? Not everything is perfect. We're not we're not perfect as humans. We're not perfect as organizations, despite how much we try and how much we want to be. That's part of the authenticity that needs to come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all right. Of course, if you're sitting like lower than five stars, that's perfectly acceptable. Like everyone's gone to a restaurant that's under five stars. That's normal. And yeah, getting people to speak honestly about their experience is much more important. The way to get more volunteers is to have volunteers review and leave their honest experience. That way you'll get more volunteers who know what to expect coming in and will be able to perform their best for that. hundred percent. And part of that is about distribution, right? So mm -hmm. we can write content. We could have it on our site. I, I mentioned briefly about like getting out there and having your stuff on other sites. What are your thoughts about that? Um, you definitely need that. <laughs> I It's my favorite part of SEO in general is just having the off-page content. A, it lets you reach a new audience. Often when you write content for even just another website's blog that has a similar audience, they might put it on their social media. They might put it in their email newsletter. Like you're getting a lot of targeted spread that way. Um, so short of just the backlink, which is obviously incredibly valuable if you've done your anchor text properly. And like you said, it's on a reliable domain. You're getting further distribution just from their team marketing your content. So if you have the capacity to rate off-page content, I would highly recommend trying to find two or three places a month where you can participate in off-page content. I think that's amazing advice. So everybody that's listening to this, go and do that like right Finish listening to just the episode, that. then go and do it, right? <laughs> yeah, you just have to ask. I feel like a lot of people aren't aware that like the reason I'm on this podcast is because my team asked. You just have to go out there, find places where you feel you add value and just ask, hey, can I participate? And then also offer the opportunity to participate back. Maybe you wanted to post on a nonprofit blog that has a similar target to yours, offer your blog back to them, say you'll feature them in their in your newsletter and your social. So make it a true marketing partnership. I think that's the key. You can't always just be out there asking. You need to give them something in return. It really is about partnerships and coming together. Find podcasts that you can get on that's going to get you in front of people that are your audience, people that will care about you as an organization that might be empathetic to your cause, they're out there. Exactly. Okay. So we talked about creating content. We talked about all kinds of different content. We talked about distribution and getting out there and where you can publish and all of that. I think that's really awesome. But what advice do you have for people to figure out how to track mm -hmm. the KPIs, the metrics, the performance of the effort that they're doing? For sure. So tracking can be a more expensive uh, thing to participate in. So say, for example, maybe you're doing this very inexpensively right now. So you just have Google Analytics in place, you have your form, 
people come through email. Maybe you make a list like in a Google Sheets or Excel and you're doing it very manually like that to track everything. When you start exploring kind of like CRM side where your form is attached to, you know, like a sales machine that you log into and you see everyone and you can track their pipeline and you can track their attribution, like we're using HubSpot or Salesforce, that is where it gets more expensive. So you have to decide if that's kind of the right fit for you on those types of platforms. Usually the more users you start getting through, the more it costs you. So it can be something that kind of scales to quite expensive over time. The best way, if you can't invest in that, is to just try to do it manually. So I would recommend Google Analytics. I know that there's a lot of talk about how we all don't love GA4, uh, unfortunately. And for a lot of my clients, for example, we've actually switched to paid analytics tools as an alternative to uh, losing universal analytics, which is unfortunate. But GA4 at least will give you a base understanding, not as much depth. I, you're definitely lacking attribution, but that is the option. I would say have it rather than not always. Google Search Console is also free and hopefully will still remain as is. <laughs> I'm not sure if it will be changed with GA4 um, kind of going live in July. But of course, the uh, Google Search Console can give you more hints on your like keyword success and your backlinks, and which is free. Alternatives that are paid would be like Moz, um, which will give you a lot more depth there. But again, it's a little bit of an expensive investment for a nonprofit. So yeah, that's it's really hard to track attribution, I think, granularly if you are using free tools. But put in Google Analytics for now. Start tracking what's working, the content that's picking up, what social channels people are coming from. And then that can kind of let you decide where to invest or if you need more granular tracking to really understand your attribution. There's things you can do in Google Analytics. So you can create some custom event tracking and things like that. So you you can get more details out of it, but it's not for the average person. No. Uh, you, you really do need some support around that to actually get to the data or to build some custom reports around it so that you can get to the data that mm -hmm. is going to be most beneficial for you or easy to understand. Yeah, it's unfortunately a little harder for a kind of the average person who's not familiar with marketing operations to be able to just set up Google Analytics for and run with it, which I, yeah, I think is unfortunate. I always think that like Google Analytics is everyone's kind of like gateway into marketing. Like you see that and you're like, wow, okay, this is what's working. And it makes them really excited. And gets people interested in marketing in general for their business. The yeah, NGA4, I think, kind of shut that down. <laughs> shut down the love. <laughs> it's not as great, I'll admit. There are some kind of cool things in there. Like you just search for whatever it is yes. you're looking for and it'll the give search you that. Is like, yeah. It's pretty neat. Uh, there's another site out there. It's owned by Neil Patel from NP Digital. The site is called Answer the Public. I don't know if you've heard of this before. Samantha, I haven't heard of his Answer the Public, no. Okay. Basically, you can go. The free tier, you can submit two queries a day. Okay, fine. So you can put in homelessness, for example, as, as a word. It takes a little bit, maybe 45 seconds or a minute. It'll come back with questions that people are actually using in search, topics around that idea of homelessness. Really? Like, you know, oh, okay, this is what people are looking for. Cool. Let's create some content around this. Let's use this to help generate our content schedule, our content calendar for the next three months, right? And you can use that really, really easily and simply just by going and doing a search. Very cool. I'm going to look at that after. <laughs>
It's uh, put a link in the show notes for everybody. Yeah, so Matt, I could look yeah. at it. <laughs> but the the interesting thing too is when uh, you see people search queries and they're actually questions, you don't you can use that exact question for your content piece. It'll actually help promote it into the snippets or the recommended questions. So definitely, if you have a question and you're basically answering it in the blog, um, that is a recommended tactic as well. I would say you start off by saying you can. Yeah, I would say you should. Yes. That question as the actual title of your article, your post, your page, whatever it is that you're you're producing. In your opinion, Smith, how can people save time on these type of marketing tasks? Yeah. So, I mean, I ask myself that every day <laughs> because I'm also looking to save time on that. One of the um, like best things you can do, of course, is to kind of rally your organization like we talked about to get people to write. The others, if you have a bit of budget, there are content writers who specifically work with nonprofits and they work at a lower cost. So trying to search out those writers can be supportive. They also then understand like your brand, your messaging, what message you're trying to put out to attract an audience. So um, search for content writers who specifically work in this space if you have budget. But yeah, from a time perspective, uh, try to choose a site that is just really easy to work with. So I am an affiliate partner of them, but I'm obsessed with Webflow. Um, Webflow is really easy to learn. So if someone can build you a site or if you can just use a template and make your own site, which there's a lot of free templates there, so you could, um, I would recommend making yourself a CMS one and then you'll be able to publish content ongoing. I know that some use WordPress as well, which has some people have complications with it. Some people love it. So it just depends. You have to find the kind of web platform that makes it as easy as possible for you. If publishing the content takes a long time, you're just never going to do it. So it has to be as easy as possible. I'm going to do one small little self-promo plug here, which is my agency, Loud Digital. We created a platform called Mighty NPO. So mightynpo.com, template-based. You pick it. We do everything for you. So if you don't have time, my team will do everything. You need something put on the site, you let us know. We deal with all of it for you. It'll save you like a ton of time and effort. Okay, cool. So, Samantha, it's been awesome having you on the show here. Amazing conversation around awareness and growth. I hope the people that have been listening are like hopefully not too overwhelmed because I think we've talked about a bunch of stuff here. I like to usually issue a challenge to mm -hmm. everybody that listens to the episode. Is there a challenge that you have for anybody? Yes. So my challenge will be along like kind of the lines of everything we've been talking about today, which is just ask. So if there is an award that you want your nonprofit to qualify for, if there's a content publication you've always wanted to be featured on, if there's a podcast you've wanted to be on, go now and ask and fill in the application and see where it lands you. I love that. I think that's amazing. I've said it on a number of episodes before. You need to actually take the first step. Going and asking, that is the first step. But you don't know if you don't try. Uh, amazing. Amazing. If anybody wants to get in touch with you, what do they need to do? Yeah. So um, if you want to get in touch, of course, I'm on LinkedIn under Samantha Lloyd. Like David said, I'm the managing director at Skeleton Crew Agency, and that's Skeleton Crew with a K. Um, so if you look that up or you find me on LinkedIn, please feel free to connect. And yeah, thank you so much, David. This was a blast. Thanks so much, Samantha. It's been great having you on the Nonprofit Digital Success Podcast. To everybody listening, as I mentioned before, if you want any of the links or the resources that we spoke about today, head over to our podcast page at nonprofitdigitalsuccess.com. Click on this episode for all the details. And until next time, keep on being successful.